0: chapter eight of the feast of st friend by arnold bennett this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eight the feast of st friend the consequences of the social self-discipline which i have outlined will be various a fairly early result will be the gradual decline and ultimately the death of the superior person in oneself It is true that the superior person in oneself has nine lives and is capable of rising from the dead after even the most fatal blows but at worst the superior person and who among us does not shelter that sinister inhabitant in his soul will have a very poor time in the soul of him who steadily practices the imaginative understanding of other people in the first place the mere exercise of the imagination on others absolutely scotches egotism as long as it lasts and leaves it weakened afterwards and in the second and more important place an improved comprehension of others which means an intensified sympathy with them must destroy the illusion so widespread that one's own case is unique The amicable study of one's neighbours on the planet inevitably shows that the same troubles, the same fortitudes, the same feats of intelligence, the same successes and failures are constantly happening everywhere. One can indeed see oneself in nearly everybody else, and in particular one is struck by the fact that the quality in which one took most pride is simply spread abroad throughout humanity in heaps. It is only in sympathetically contemplating others that one can get oneself in a true perspective. Yet probably the majority of human beings never do contemplate others, save with the abstracted gaze which proves that the gazer sees nothing but his own dream. Another result of the discipline is an immensely increased interest in one's friends. One regards them even with a sort of proprietary interest, for by imagination one has come into sympathetic possession of them. Further, one has for them that tender feeling which always follows the conferring of a benefit, especially the secret conferring of a benefit. It is the benefactor, not the person benefited, who is grateful. The benefit which one has conferred is, of course, the gift of one's self. The resulting emotion is independent of any sympathy rendered by the other, and where the sympathy is felt to be mutual, friendship acquires a new significance. The exercise of sympathetic imagination will cause one to look upon even a relative as a friend, a startling achievement. It will provide a new excitement and diversion in life. When the month of December dawns there need be no sensation of weary apprehension about the difficulty of choosing a present that will suit a friend. Certainly it will not be necessary from sheer indifference and ignorance to invite the friend to choose his own present. On the contrary, One will be, in secret, so intimate with the friend's situation and wants and desires, that sundry rival schemes for pleasuring him will at once offer themselves. And when he receives the present finally selected, he will have the conviction, always delightfully flattering to a donee, that he has been the object of a particular attention and insight. And when the cards of greeting are dispatched, formal phrases will go forth charged in the consciousness of the sender with a genuine meaning with the force of a climax as though the sender had written thereon in invisible ink i have had you well in mind during the last twelve months i think i understand your difficulties and appreciate your efforts better than i did and so it is with a peculiar sympathetic knowledge that i wish you good luck I have guessed what particular kind of good luck you require, and I wish accordingly. My wish is not vague and perfunctory only. And on the day of festival itself, one feels that one really has something to celebrate. The occasion has a basis, if it had no basis for one before, and if a basis previously existed, then it is widened and strengthened the festival becomes a public culmination to a private enterprise. One is not reminded by Christmas of goodwill, because the enterprise of imaginative sympathy has been a daily affair throughout the year, but Christmas provides an excuse for taking satisfaction in the success of the enterprise and new enthusiasm to correct its failures. The symbolism of the situation of Christmas at the turn of the year develops an added impressiveness and all the christmas customs apt to produce annoyance in the breasts of the unsentimental are accepted with indulgence even with eagerness because their symbolism also is shown in a clearer light christmas becomes as personal as a birthday one eats and drinks to excess not because it is the custom to eat and drink to excess but from sheer effervescent faith in an idea and as one sits with one's friends possessing them in the privacy of one's heart permeated by a sense of the value of sympathetic comprehension in this formidable adventure of existence on a planet that rushes eternally through the night of space assured indeed that companionship and mutual understanding alone make the adventure agreeable one sees in a flash that christmas whatever else it may be is and must be the feast of st friend and a day on that account supreme among the days of the year the third and greatest consequence of the systematic cultivation of goodwill now grows blindingly apparent to state it earlier in all its crudity would have been ill-advised, and I purposely refrained from doing so. It is the augmentation of one's own happiness. The increase of amity, the diminution of resentment and annoyance, the regular maintenance of an attitude mildly benevolent towards mankind, these things are the surest way to happiness. And it is because they are the surest way to happiness that the most enlightened go after them all real motives are selfish motives were it otherwise humanity would be utterly different from what it is a man may perform some act which will benefit another while working some striking injury to himself but his reason for doing it is that he prefers the evil of the injury to the deeper evil of the fundamental dissatisfaction which would torment him if he did not perform the act. Nobody yet sought the good of another save as a means to his own good, and it is in accordance with common sense that this should be so. There is, however, a lower egotism and a higher it is the latter which we call unselfishness and it is the latter of which christmas is the celebration we shall legitimately bear in mind therefore that christmas in addition to being the feast of st friend is even more profoundly the feast of one's own welfare end of chapter 8